everybody, and welcome to the first ever episode, I can't believe I'm saying that, of the Am I Embarrassing You podcast. I'm Zoe Wexler, here with my co-host, a New York City dermatologist and psychiatrist, my mom, Dr. Amy Wexler. Thanks, Zoe. Welcome to all of our listeners out there. Thanks for tuning in. Zoe and I dreamed of this podcast during quarantine. I know a lot of people have quarantine passion projects, and this is ours. So I had done a couple of podcast interviews, which I really liked. Goop Beauty, and then Fat Mascara. And I recorded Fat Mascara about a week after my second husband and I split up, which was a quarantine surprise. It it, it was not good. Uh, It's better now, but I feel better now. Um, She's doing great. Thank you. So about a week after our split, I've been talking to a lot of patients about alcohol and drinking during quarantine seemed like a lot of people had upped their alcohol intake and I often counsel people that that's not a healthy way to deal with stress. You know, one drink is okay, but not to overdo it and also can dehydrate your skin, all that stuff. I'm not a big drinker, but I thought maybe I'm missing out on something and I'm pretty stressed out about this surprise split up. So maybe I will try some tequila and a lot of my patients love tequila. So I told Zoe, I'm gonna go to the liquor store and buy us some tequila. She thought I was a little bit nutty, but said, all right, mom. She's never uttered that, those words together in her life. So I went to the local liquor store and it was packed. Okay, it was like the most crowded store on the Upper East Side. And I asked the guy, cause I don't know about tequila. He steered me towards one. I brought it home in addition to a very small bottle of vodka because I thought maybe Zoe would prefer some vodka cause I thought that's what kids kind of like. <laughs> I don't like either of those things, but it's fine. Okay, me either. And I, and I thought, okay, maybe we'll do a shot of tequila. And I certainly won't overdo it, but you know, it's not like my typical MO. So I poured us a little bit of it. She's already feeling guilty telling this story about <laughs> having one drink of tequila. Well, it wasn't even one drink because I took a sip and it was really gross. It was horrible. I think it might've been the kind that I bought, but I just don't really like tequila, I think. I'm more of a light beer person, like once every couple months. And so our podcast was born and over tequila and pizza, I think, or salad, probably pizza, knowing us. Our podcast was born, and I immediately started writing notes in my phone, guest ideas. That was the first thing I thought of, people that I want to have on the show, which we will have guests hopefully once a month. And I was texting people, I need a name, I need a name. I thought to myself, if I have a name for this podcast, we can do everything. And we were in the pantry one night, maybe a few days later, eating a Malamar, They're my favorite cookie. And mom walks in and she goes, am I embarrassing you? And I said, not currently. (laughs) And she said, no, 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 for the podcast name. And I said, yes, 100% yes. And so that's how it came to be. And every week, mom and I will choose one topic from our very lengthy list we would like to focus on that week. We'll, We'll go into our personal anecdotes from our own individual lives and together. For example, periods, sex, drugs, eating disorders, anxiety, acne, mental health, mental illness, Therapy, divorce, mom's dating, kids dating, issues at school, siblings, etc. But more than anything, we would love your questions and suggestions for topics for the podcast, for topics for personal stories. You can send us these suggestions to our Instagram at embarrassingyoupodcast, that's the handle, or our email, which is info at embarrassingyoupodcast.com. Each episode is also going to have an Ask Dr. Amy segment. Whenever I give talks for Chanel, the longest and most interesting part of the talk is the Q&A section at the end. In fact, we often have to cut it off because it's just so long and robust. 
lot of people have a lot of questions about their skin. So we'll have that. Um, we're also may have an Ask Zoe segment at some point because people are going to want to hear what she has to say as a younger person. And then for our guests, in addition to our discussion, we're going to always ask them two questions. One, discuss an embarrassing or difficult topic you either discussed with a parent or always avoided. The second one, which may seem random, is what's your favorite breakfast cereal? It's, it's the more fun question for sure. So mom, why don't you answer the first question first and we'll do the more fun one last. Okay, well, when I was a teenager and a little bit older on the teenage scale, my parents just handed me books. One was called, Where Did I Come From? And then one was called, What's Happening to Me? And these were books about puberty and sex and reproduction. And I already knew a lot of that stuff from talking to friends, from having health class. And it was super awkward to just be handed a book. And they didn't say, why don't you read this and then come back to me if you have any questions or comments, you wanna have a discussion. It was just read this. And, and the undertone was never discuss it with me. So there, there was no option for questions. No, no, no. They were <laughs> super uncomfortable with the whole topic. And I remember actually thinking, I think I might do this differently when I'm a parent someday because that was cringeworthy. To be fair, you gave me a book. After we'd had so many discussions and I, I gave you a book as a joke, I said, this is the book that my parents gave me when we didn't talk about it at all. I honestly don't remember that. I just remember the book and staring at the cover <laughs> and being like, I'm not reading this, mom. This is gross. Okay. It was funny. But I think because of that experience I had as a kid and because I'm a doctor, no topic is off limit for me. And... Um, my kids will attest to this, I see a lot of things in my office like sexually transmitted diseases. And I'll often see sexually transmitted diseases on parts of the body you wouldn't necessarily not expect them to and be on. And she shows us pictures. I've yes. seen them all. Well, as a parent of prepubescent and pubescent kids, I wanted them to practice safe sex. And so I needed to scare them a little bit about things that could happen to them if they didn't. Like, for example, getting genital warts on your mouth. Oh, God, help us. <laughs> it's the po I've seen the pictures so many times. Okay, but also the story was, you know, you remembered it. You, okay. you thought twice. That, that's all. Okay. And... Um, sure. <laughs> but I don't really think I have an embarrass... Like, I don't think I can answer that first question because you didn't embarrass me in that kind of way. Because you just... I knew I could ask you anything. Also, because I had Google, I didn't really feel like I needed to ask you well, questions. I embarrassed you in other ways by clothing I was wearing, for example. Oh, we'll get there. <laughs> I would embarrass you by squishing you or hugging you in front of friends. Yeah, but now I think that's cute and I'm glad you did it and that you didn't listen to me telling you not to. Oh, thanks. And then we're going to get into the breakfast cereal because I love breakfast cereal. And as a kid, I wasn't allowed to have sugar cereal for a while. But then I went to my cousin's house where their dad was a dentist and they had sugar cereal. I went home, I said, mom, Uncle Larry allows sugar cereal. She goes, absolutely, he does not, he's a dentist. I said, if we called him and asked him if it would be okay if I had sugar cereal, would you listen to him? And she said, of course. And she thought, oh my God, this is so easy. He's a dentist. We called Uncle Larry. He said, Ellen, it's really okay as long as she brushes her teeth after. And my mom's face, she was so annoyed because <laughs> now she had no choice. So then all of a sudden in our house, Lucky Charms, Frosted Flakes. The world opened up before her. Cocoa Krispies, Booberry, Frankenberry, Count Chocula. Anyway. So I, can you pick one out of those for a favorite? Yeah, Booberry is my favorite. Okay. You have a shirt. You have a Booberry shirt, actually. 
I love blue. I love blueberries. When I was a kid, we couldn't get blueberries year round like we can now in New York City. It was only summer. And I love marshmallows. Mm-hmm. She just ordered the Lucky Charms only the marshmallow. It's coming soon from Dude, eBay. I had to buy them on eBay because they sold out in like five minutes. Oh my God. This is what happens when I'm not there. Um, all right, so what's your favorite cereal? My favorite is Cinnamon Toast Crunch, but I actually don't really eat it as cereal. I'd rather have it as dessert or candy, I guess because it's so sweet and I can't have that for breakfast. So I guess Cocoa Krispies would be my favorite breakfast cereal. And we have a nickname for Cocoa Krispies, which is? Cocoa Christine's. Because one day I was, K. I was typing on my iPhone. I'm really bad at typing on my iPhone. I'm much better on my Blackberry. The woman has two phones and one is a Blackberry. I live for my Blackberry because I can feel the keys and I never make <laughs> any mistakes and I have kind of big hands and I have not perfected the iPhone. You have normal hands. I have pretty big hands for a woman. I like them. They help me with volleyball, with drumming, with being a doctor, etc. Anyway, so it auto-corrected Cocoa Krispies on the iPhone to Cocoa Christine's. But anyway, now we call them Cocoa Christine's. Since this is our first episode and it kind of serves as an introduction to us and the intent behind the podcast, we're choosing to discuss divorce as our first topic. We already talked about how this podcast stemmed from your stuck in divorce. Take us back to the first one. Oh, well, okay, so um, I got divorced from your dad a little over 10 years ago. Telling the kids about separating from their dad, which was May of 2010, was one of the hardest conversations I've ever had, talking about difficult conversations. The buildup to that conversation was horrendous. I wasn't sleeping, I wasn't eating well, I wasn't taking care of myself because I was so worried. And... Harry and I decided to sit down with the kids and tell them together, and we were each going to contribute to the conversation. It didn't help that as soon as we started talking, he broke down and couldn't speak. So it was the onus was all on me to tell you guys, and you were only 11 and 8. Yeah, that's really unfair. Um, I had stayed an extra five years in that marriage because of my kids, because I knew that I needed them to be able to communicate with me when they weren't with me. If they didn't have food, if they didn't have toothpaste, if they couldn't find something, if they needed anything, I needed them to be able to reach out. And as younger kids, they wouldn't have had phones and they wouldn't have known how to call me. And so um, I know I made the right decision. It was super hard to stay an extra five years in a really horrible marriage. Um, And I'll talk more about that. But that conversation was horrendous. Yeah. Do you remember it, so? I remember it, but I remember mostly just sitting on the couch, like the, the dark blue kind of velvet or suede couch. And um, and I remember just, I saw you and dad cry, which to me as a kid was the worst thing I could have seen. I just hated seeing my parents cry because it, to me it just felt like the roles were reversed. And so if you were crying, I shouldn't be crying because usually it's the kid who's crying. And so when the parent cries, you want to comfort them, but then it's hard for you. And so I just remember feeling really confused but that seeing you and dad cry was the worst part. Not that you were separating, but that it was so hard to see my parents upset mm. and crying. And I understood what was going on. I was 11, but the worst part, I think, was just seeing my whole family cry and just, just oh, I almost sat there and also watched it from afar in a way because I just couldn't, I never, we had never done, like, I had never seen both my parents cry at the same time before. I, like, I remember dad cried when his mom died but that's, a normal, like that's expected because it's death. And so I had never seen both of you cry at the same time and that was really weird for me, actually the weirdest part. 
was that? After that experience of seeing you and dad cry, the world turned, everything, you know, it got worse before it got better, but it was fine, and that was a long time ago. And then this time, when you and your ex split up, it was very different because now we're not, I'm not only your daughter, but we're best friends. And so seeing your best friend experience such pain after a nine-year relationship is really hard. And it's not something you expect. It, we were both surprised everything. It, we had no idea what was going on and I, it wasn't even my relationship, but our family had no idea that it was coming. And so that's really different. As, you know, as a kid, you're protected. And as I'm 21, you, you don't wanna be protected because you wanna help. And when there's nothing you can do, to help, it's really hard and you just have to wait. And I think this podcast has distracted us in a good way because we're looking towards the future, the next episode, the guests we want, the dream guest, the dream equipment, upgrading, that kind of stuff. And it's just really different to experience that as less of a bystander this time. Mm. Yeah, I get that. And I still, I'm still your parent, I'm always your parent. Of course. So I wanna protect you and Jaden first before mm -hmm. me, but you're also, young adults now so you can handle stuff but I don't want you to be the first person I talk to about something where I'm upset and it's raw because mm -hmm. that's not fair to you you guys are the kids yeah so um and people I've told what happened they said oh my god during quarantine during all the stress of applying for a small business loan and right and all the financial stressors and the stressors of your parents not being here and can they get up here safely and all that stuff and will I get sick and how can I get sick and will I be okay was also you got divorced like what how did that happen right it's also it's who does that right I mean we certainly had issues and I think I've been thinking about this and saying to people I think that quarantine and this pandemic has brought out fault lines in relationships and that makes sense but most of the time, what I've been hearing is people have split up because they were spending so much time together yeah. that they realized they don't really like spending a lot of time together. For us, we were totally separate. My medical practice and my kids were in Manhattan and my ex decided to take off for his weekend home because he was really scared of the virus and he had that as an option. And then he didn't want me to come out there and stay in the house because he was afraid of coronavirus because I was seeing a few patients, though doing it very carefully. And so the weeks went on and on of us being separate, though we were texting and talking on the phone and FaceTiming and Saturday nights having sort of dates on the phone where I put on a nice shirt instead of my sweatpants. Uh, and I thought everything was going okay, I really did, until the end of May when he kind of started in with me about and, and got really mean and set up all these expectations for me that had no basis in reality and had nothing to do with who I was and, and he knew who I was. And anyway, he just got extremely unempathic, really mean, really demanding of me in a very unrealistic way. And finally said, well, you know what, Aim? Um, no one can say we didn't give it a good try for nine years. And I said, what? Like, what are these rings and what were those vows? I thought we were gonna grow old together, not kind of throwing the towel in the middle of all this. And that's how it went down. Of course, there's anxiety, there's still anxiety. When is life going to go back to quote normal, whatever normal looks like. Um, but in the middle of all this, also having someone essentially end a nine year relationship on FaceTime was not ideal. And I thought, oh my God, I'm doing this again. Like, is there something wrong with me? Now I'm divorced twice. Is there a stigma associated with that? I'm a 50 year old, twice divorced woman. Ah, 
You look 40. <laughs> All right, I'll take it. And you know what? You don't know because we're on radio, sort of. That's true. <laughs> um, and I just, I felt sucker punched. Mm-hmm. That's a horrible feeling. And someone that you trust, and you think like nine years is long enough. You kind of, I thought I knew what someone was capable of. Although, of course, there's a, you know, thankfully there's a silver lining with everything. And if someone's going to act like that during this period of stress, there are going to be more periods of stress in our life. We're going to grow old together. And with growing old comes other potential medical problems and all sorts of issues. And, you know, you want someone to be supportive and there for you. And um, I, I apologize to, to Zoe and Jay. Zoe, remember I said, like, I'm sorry, I tried to find you a really nice stepdad. And I said yeah. that to Jaden. You said, and then separately Jaden said, Mom, we didn't think of him as our stepdad. We thought of him as just your husband. That's true. Because our dad lives um, our dad lives in another country. But it was never I never thought of you dating or you having a new relationship when you and dad split up as replacing him. Yeah, but there I, I wasn't looking to replace him, although he did abandon you. We'll get there. But um I wanted someone to be kind, who cared about you, who loved you, almost as his own. Anyway, that didn't work out, and I'm moving on. And you've helped me, and Jaden's helped me, and thinking about this podcast have helped me. But I'm lucky because I have such great family, mm-hmm. parents, my sister and brother-in-law, like you and Jay, and so many good friends. And that I, I'm so lucky because of that. Yes, I felt lonely, I was angry, I was sad, I was disappointed, I was surprised, but part of me was relieved. And so I've been trying to focus on the relieved part. Mm -hmm. And actually, as soon as you got home from that in-person meeting where you guys officially kind of split up, you were really upset and we were all upset. It was you, me, and and my aunt. And we said, and you said, I'm also relieved. And you looked at me like, like it was wrong to say. But you said, I actually am kind of relieved. And I said, Mom, that's what we have to focus on. You're relieved for a reason. It, it, this isn't a made-up feeling that you're doing to protect yourself or to hide how upset you are. You're both. You're upset and you're angry, but you're relieved. And that says something. Yeah. So I've been focusing a lot on that. And, you know, now that months have gone by, we've moved apartments, which is an intriguing... Was an intriguing thing to do during quarantine. Yes. Uh, and we're finally... Feeling settled, now it's sort of like, oh my God, dating during quarantine. Do you meet someone, you wear a mask? Well, then you can't really see their face. Do you just go on a socially distanced walk? Like, what is dating going to look like right now? And what if you have a great date and you want to kiss? Or you want to go home with someone? Do you, but do you, you get, get COVID their test? COVID test first, right. right? There's so many, so many issues. So we're just holding off on that for a little bit. And it's so funny because now we're reversed because I'm in a relationship and mom's dating in quarantine and so I'm like all right have a good date see you later and I have to deal with my with Zoe and Jay's comments about are you are you really going to go outside wearing that mom like what if you meet somebody on the street with your backpack and your dorky sneakers well this week it was the fanny pack I tried out a fanny pack I'm just I'm walking everywhere which again silver lining of quarantine lots of steps bought a little Fitbit clip it onto my waist belt very attractive <laughs> i'm not trying to look attractive i'm just trying to get fit and stay healthy and you know quarantine properly and it, it isn't a great look but i'm not meeting people on the street because how do you meet somebody with a mask on anyway 
I don't know. I'm just saying you never know. Anything's possible. You could meet the man of your dreams right outside our building <laughs> with your fanny pack on. And okay. he will keep going. Or he'll be a good guy <laughs> and right. he'll think, oh, that woman looks attractive and I don't care that she's wearing a okay, fanny pack. you're right. Also, men don't notice this stuff, so whatever. <laughs> but still, it's, it's just funny that Jay and I are now old enough to have experience with dating this time. Yeah, it adds a whole nother level of embarrassment, by the way. Yes, reverse embarrassment. Yeah. Because she's embarrassing herself in front of us. Well, I don't know that I'm embarrassed until they point out that I shouldn't be wearing X, Y, or Z. Or Just trying to help. Yeah, they're right. <laughs> um. There have been some silver linings, though. For example, I, I can't say no to you right now because you're divorced. So I have to watch Star Wars, and I have to say yes to playing in a family band. I you. love that. So I've always <laughs> wanted you to watch Star Wars with me. I know. So she liked the first episode. Well, I'm, Wait, I'm talking... First episode, that means the first movie? The first movie, uh, yes, of Star Wars that came that? out chronologically, the first movie I saw. Okay. You liked it. I liked it. I didn't love it. The second episode, which was Empire Strikes Back, I thought was just incredible when I saw it in the movie theater, but I didn't realize that... Zoe and like everyone else in the world already knew that Darth Vader was Luke's father. What year was that? In the movie theater? I don't know, maybe like 1981. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here's the thing. You can't exist in this entire world, I'm going to make that statement, without knowing that Darth Vader is Luke's father. That's the most iconic line in cinematic history. Okay, fine, whatever. So I am your father. Okay. So, that so there was no deal. surprise. I was not excited. But then she agreed to watch the third one with me. The Empire Strikes... No, Return of the Jedi, which was amazing, and you loved it, and you didn't know that Luke and Leia were brother and sister. No, I didn't know that, mm -hmm. um, even though the actors actually weirdly look kind of alike. But no, I didn't know that, and I was excited for Yoda because I didn't know that Yoda didn't come until the third movie. So Oh, he's so cool. Yeah, so now I have to do whatever you want. <laughs> yeah, so she has to do whatever I want, which is really fun. And so, play in a family band. Yeah, so I play drums, Zoe plays acoustic guitar, and in high school, I was like, hey, do you want to jam with me? And she was like, no, that's not. so embarrassing. Why would I want to play music with my mom? Ew. And so she didn't. So I played alone. She played alone. But also, I, I don't really know what jam is. Like, I don't really jam. I just play songs that I like by myself. But we could play a song together. <laughs> okay. And now, recently, I was like, you want to learn a song together? And she was like, fine. I was like, well, yeah, because you're divorced and I feel bad. So I have to say yes. I'm, I would say I'm milking it. Yeah, you're allowed. I, I'm okay with that. I'm milking it. Mm-hmm. If I want to get ice cream downtown, like, late at night and they're still open, I say, want to hop in the car with me and go downtown to Morgan Stearns for ice cream? Okay. <laughs> well, I, I want the ice cream. I don't necessarily want to go with you, but I'll go. Also, now that the Yankees are playing again, which is, like, a beautiful thing that they're back to me because I'm a huge baseball fan. She's so happy. Zoe, do you mind if I put the game on? Typically, it would have been like, ugh, I hate baseball. It's so boring. Okay, no, I don't say that. That's rude. You used to say that. I, I go to games with you. You've gone to a game here and there. Yes, you've humored me. But this year, it's like, oh, sure, Mom, turn the game on. Would you like to watch the game? <laughs> like, you offer me to watch baseball? This is awesome. It makes you happy. And it's not horrible for me. I don't love it. But it's not painful. It's just baseball. There you go. It's not basketball. It's a whole other thing. Anyway, so there are some silver linings. There are. So we're going to do a little Ask Dr. Amy segment today. Obviously, it's the first episode. We haven't sourced any questions. But you can talk about things people are asking you the most in quarantine. You've done some Instagram lives for Chanel. So I think that could be good just to sure. talk about. 
on our Instagram Live and Instagram questions with We Love Coco and Chanel, in addition to questions I've been getting from my patients, the main one has been, what's the best product or thing to do to take care of my skin right now? And I say, there isn't just one thing, there are three. Number one, sunscreen and sun protection. Number two, moisturizer. Number three, sleep. So first about sunscreen. This summer I saw more sunburns than I had in many years. And I think that's because a lot of people are at home instead of commuting to work, taking Zoom meetings outside and getting inadvertent sun. They don't realize because they're so focused on a work call that their back is being hit by the sun or they forgot to put on sunscreen, for example. Also, people are getting outside more, which is great. A lot of outdoor exercise, which is really good to lower stress levels, but also you have to be mindful of applying sunscreen and reapplying sunscreen. So you have to put on a decent amount of sunscreen. It's supposed to be a teaspoon for your face, three teaspoons for your body. That's a lot. And reapply every two hours or after swimming and sweating. Um, also, the inadvertent sun can happen just from driving in your car because the UVA rays get through glass just from sitting at a window all day long on Zoom, even if you're not outside, those rays are coming through. So I think just make it part of your daily routine to put sunscreen on whatever's exposed. I've seen people have sunburns that have never had one in their life and they're embarrassed. I just saw a family whose little daughter got a tiny sunscreen on a small area of her body and she's fine. And the mom's giving herself such a hard time. So. I'm so embarrassed. I'm so sorry. What kind of dermatologist daughter am I? I have a sunburn and I still have the marks. So we went away just for one weekend this whole summer upstate and I can't help myself. I'm always telling everyone, did you put on sunscreen? Did you reapply it? Like you should wear a swim shirt, which I know is a little bit dorky. No. Fine. <laughs> I love swim shirts. So Zoe had on a beautiful bathing suit. She did put on sunscreen, but then we were in a pool for a long time. And you have to remember the UV rays they bounce off of water and are reflected off of water, essentially. And so it wasn't too long. And No, I, I think what happened is that I got out and then I reapplied and I didn't wait long enough in the shade after I reapplied. Oh, because it was a chemical sunscreen, not a physical one, and those take a half an hour to yeah, work. Yeah, I screwed yeah. myself. So you did get a sunburn and I at first I was pissed. I was like, oh my God, I can't believe you did that. What's wrong with no, you? No, I felt so bad. But then you gave yourself such a hard time that I felt badly giving you such a hard time because you felt really badly about it. But thankfully, your skin is healing. It's still healing. You'll be okay. Um, so embarrassed. So sunscreen and sun protection. That also mean, means hats and sunglasses and seeking shade. Take your Zoom calls in the shade. I know the sun feels good, but it does so much damage. It causes premature aging of the skin and skin cancer. Very important. Um, Number two is moisturizer. So that might sound a little simplistic, but dry skin appears more wrinkly. It also feels more uncomfortable and sort of tight. Um, so the best time to moisturize is after a shower, your skin is still a little bit moist and can absorb the moisturizer like a sponge. Every single shower I take after every shower, I've moisturized since I was a kid because I have tend to have dry and sensitive skin. But even if you don't, that's a great, the best time to moisturize. You can all, if you shower once a day, you can also moisturize the other time of day. So your morning shower, also moisturize before you go to bed at night. Um, you can. There's all sorts of different moisturizers. In the winter, I tend to recommend an oil for the body. Safflower oil is my favorite, S-A-F-F-L-O-W-E-R. It's actually a cooking oil, and sometimes people look at me like I have three heads. What, I'm gonna go to the cooking section and put oil on my body? Yes, because 
it mostly it most mimics the skin's natural oil. Safflower oil and olive oil are similar in that way, except if you use olive oil on your skin, you will smell like a salad. <laughs> Safflower oil is essentially colorless and odorless and works great. I tend not to put that on my face because I'm worried it will clog my pores, so um, there's so many moisturizer choices out there. But if you don't moisturize your skin, it will look more wrinkly. Just moisturize, you know, go a few hours without moisturizing after a shower and then put on your moisturizer and you'll see a difference. And then the third one is sleep. Really can't talk about this enough. It's so important. Adults need seven and a half to eight hours of sleep a night. There are, and kids, young adults and kids Zoe's age need eight to nine hours of sleep a night. We heal in our sleep all day long. We're damaging our cells and repairing them. Damage and repair and most of the repair is done at night. You wanna put your body in that state for as long as possible. People who sleep well are less irritable or in a better mood and their organs work better and they heal. So if I see a patient, for example, with acne who's doing great and all of a sudden they start breaking out and nothing else has changed using the same medicines, everything else is the same, I ask, what's going on in your life? Like, are you, are you stressed out about anything? How's your sleep? And inevitably their sleep is disturbed. So we try to get it back on track. I don't just tell someone, oh, you need to sleep more because that's not helpful. I talk about sleep hygiene. Let's talk about the details of what happens in your day and in the few hours leading up to sleep to see why you're having a hard time falling asleep. I also ask questions if you wake up in the middle of the night and if you wake up early in the morning. These can be symptoms of different things like depression. And so I think right now, everyone's working longer hours because they're working at home and there's no cut off between the work day and the home day because because people aren't commuting they're working from home so people are being able to be reached at seven in the morning at seven eight o'clock at night and then they want time for themselves and then all of a sudden it's one in the morning also there's a lot of stressful news and watching stressful tv two hours or closer to trying to fall asleep will just activate your brain too much so i i personally avoid watching the news at night and I'll watch something that relaxes me, like sports, or a sitcom, something funny, or play a game, read a book, um, do light exercise, stretching, have sex, that helps you sleep better. Oh, help me. It's true. Um, and no caffeine after five o'clock. There's so many things to do to help you sleep at night. Exercise during the day, those kinds of things. And people who sleep well feel so much better, both inside and outside. Do you remember actually the other day I said, I told you to, you heal in your sleep and I said, just go to bed because you hurt your neck reaching up for that thing in the closet and you listened to me and you healed. Gotta love that. A little role reversal, but also I've taught her well and she was right because I had a bunch of things I wanted to do and I said, no, you know what, Zoe, you're right. I'm just going to do those things tomorrow and go to bed and hope that I feel better tomorrow. And I did. It works. There's no way to get around seven and a half to eight hours of sleep. As we wrap up this first episode, I want to talk about transcribing, which is something I'll be doing each week. So I started taking ASL, American Sign Language, last July at the Sign Language Center here in Manhattan. And, and all the teachers are deaf, which is an amazing way to learn. So interesting. I could talk about it forever. So just DM me if you want to hear me talk about it. But I was thinking about everyone I love and care about listening to the podcast and having it be something I'm really proud of, we're really proud of. And I wanted my teachers to be able to hear it because I really care about these people and they've influenced my life in amazing ways. And I thought, oh, well, obviously they can't hear the podcast. So I asked some teachers and they said there would be an interest 
in reading it, so I'm going to be transcribing it. And the link to the transcription will be in the description of every episode. Excellent. So that's a wrap on episode one. Thank you so much for joining us here. First ever episode of the Am I Embarrassing You podcast, and we will see you next week.